Well, we are in five days going to be starting a new year. And, uh, you know, in one sense, uh, one day is like another. But a new year is just always a great opportunity for us to set a new pattern and a new order. It is a great opportunity for us to reevaluate re some things and just to begin fresh and new. And so here's the question. Are you ready for a new year? Here's how you get ready. You prepare through prayer. Prayer prepares us to receive from God. I want you to know that God wants to do some good things in your life. But we got to prepare for that through prayer. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 through 12, ask and it will be given to you. Wow, Jesus says amazing things, you know it? I mean, things that require faith. Uh, this isn't just some kind of religion, you know, religious teaching. Jesus says things that are real and he says... Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Well, that hasn't been my experience. I believe the words of Jesus even when I don't see it. And I'm telling you, there's such power here. Here's one of the reasons that we don't see it is because too often we don't ask in faith. For everyone who asks receives, and he who finds, to him who knocks, will be opened. He who seeks finds, he, to him that knocks, will be opened. What man is there among you? If a son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, anybody give good gifts to their children for Christmas? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So many good things that our Father wants to give to those who ask. If He knows, you know, Jesus says He knows the things we have need of before we even ask. Why do we have to ask? That's a really important question. And we need to just kind of understand. If He gave us everything without us asking, I want to tell you, pride quickly becomes a problem we become ungrateful and our relationship with the Lord becomes weak. See, sometimes we struggle not because our Father doesn't want to help us, doesn't want to give good things to us, but simply because we don't ask. And I want to hit this real quick. James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. You have to ask. This is the most important thing about prayer. You have to ask. Prayer doesn't work if you don't ask. You have to ask. But there are some religious people who think that God is just going to do what he's going to do no matter what we do. I want to tell you that is not Bible. He waits for us to ask. That's what Jesus teaches. We have to ask. And the Bible says it very clearly, you have not because you ask not. See, the sovereign God of the universe, he has chosen to move and to work through prayer prayed in faith. So prayer is so important because something happens, listen, in the asking. There's something that happens to us in the asking. It, it brings us to a place 
of humility before the Lord. It brings us to a place of trust and faith before the Lord. You know, I, I certainly know that people can just pray out of a ritual. People can pray prideful prayers even. People can pray faithless prayers. But when we ask God in sincere prayer from our heart, from a humble heart, I want you to know that it brings us to this place of dependence on God. It brings us to a place. It's one of the first expressions of faith. I mean, if you really believe that God will do something, you know what? You'll ask. The reason people don't ask more most of the time, it's because, well, they just don't believe. But I want you to understand there's something that happens in the asking. You see, when you, you, you get humble before God, you get on your knees before God and you say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Or Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. Lord, I can't, I can't get this on my own. Whatever it is, you see, when we get to that place where we're asking God in humble prayer and faith, something is happening in us where we are ready to receive from God. Because prayer says, I can't do it on my own. We read James 4 too, just four verses later in James 4, 6, it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How we need the Lord's help every day. How do we get it? We pray. We humbly pray. And I think, as I said, I think you can pray and be prideful. But I'm going to say this on the flip side of that. To not pray is always prideful to think that we don't need his help or that we don't need to ask for his help. It's a prideful thing. And see, we need to always be humble. And prayer is part of what brings us to that place where we turn to God and we ask for his help. It, you know, when we don't pray, we, uh, we assume too much and we take too much for granted. There are a lot of things that God does for people every single day. In fact... There are more things, you, you, you know, some of us, we got a long prayer list. And no matter how long your prayer list or things that you might be asking God about, I want you to know there's way more than that that God takes care of for you every single day. And you see, we take it for granted. We don't even realize that it's happening. I'm telling you, and all of us who live in this country, we are so blessed whether we know it or not. And you know, but so many things, and we take those things for granted. Now, I want you to get this. See, what if God did everything that way? We just assume that's just the way it is. But because there are things that we have to pray about, we have to humble ourselves, it brings us into this humility and faith before God where we are trusting Him I mean, if everything just always happened the way you wanted it to without prayer, I think a lot of us, we just think we're just that smart or we're just that lucky. But we wouldn't give God the glory or the thanks. See, maybe you can find a new job this year without prayer. But how much better it is to pray, Father, Help me find the right job. How much better it is. 
You see, to pray about that first. See, it, the pride of man is always like, you know, I can do this. I don't have to pray about it. I can do this. But how much better it is when we pray about those things first and it prepares us for what God wants to do, what God wants to bring into our life. You know, instead of finding a diet, a new diet on the internet, that's one of the th most popular things people think about at the beginning of the year. Um, and, and instead of just finding a new diet and saying, oh, this looks good. I found this on Facebook. I think I'll try this one. How much better to say, um, Father, help me to find what I need to do to be healthy, to be in good shape and be healthy. And then maybe you're on the internet and, and it's like the Lord showed you something. But you pray first. Instead of just going off and assuming and doing what you think, instead you pray first. If you struggle with prayer, I'll give you a great prayer to start with. Lord, help me be more consistent in my prayer life. That's a good prayer. Now, I wouldn't pray it if you're not sincere about it because um, the Lord might do something drastic if necessary. But what a great prayer. You know, if you're struggling with your prayer life, Lord, help me be more consistent. Yep. You take even that weakness to the Lord. Next, prayer prepares us for the Word of God. And I think it is important that we prayerfully look to the Scripture, not only in church, but in our devotional time, our private life as we read the Bible, that we never just take it lightly, but that we always pray and prepare our heart for the Word. You know, there's a lot, a lot of people that read the Word of God without prayer and with their carnal mind, they're just not really able to understand the real truth of the Word of God. And instead, a lot of people read the Bible and they get deceived about things. See, we, we just shouldn't ever approach the Scripture with any pride whatsoever, you know, like we already know everything. I mean, I'm a pastor. I've been in ministry over 40 years. I went to Bible college. It is amazing to me. I can read the same verse or the same passage for the hundredth or the thousandth time, and all of the sudden, the Holy Spirit shows me something I've never seen before. And sometimes I say to my wife, when did he put this in here? I know this wasn't here before. It's amazing how God can show you something that you've never seen before, but it doesn't happen just in our own carnal, natural mind and, and the efforts of man. It takes the help of the Holy Spirit who is our teacher and our guide. And he helps us, listen, when we ask. We just shouldn't ever approach the scripture like it's just a book. It declares in Hebrews 4.12 that it is alive and powerful. It's not like any other book. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God that strengthens our faith, that feeds and sustains us. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And you know, I don't think that people ought to sit down to eat without giving thanks for their food. 
I really don't. I think we should just be that thankful because I want to tell you something that there are a whole lot of people in the world, if they sat down to that plate of food, they would be so thankful. So why should we take it for granted? We should always give thanks. And at the same time, I think that we should never sit down to feast upon the word of God without turning our thoughts in prayer to God to ask that he would show us truth, that he would help us to understand truth because there are so many people that have studied and spent hours upon hours studying and reading the Bible and yet they are deceived and it becomes just something to argue over rather than something to transform their life. Some, all they find is contradiction and conflict. Some find religious rules like the Pharisees did. Some find the letter of the law, but they don't find the spirit of the law that, that, that brings life. See, some, they study and study and study so they can argue better so they can argue their, their pet doctrine better. No. Every time we go to the Scripture, we go with an open heart. We ask the Lord to speak us. We prepare through prayer so that it's not a fruitless time, but something that's meaningful, something that's life-changing. You know, we need to remember that Satan uses the Word of God to deceive. He even tried it with the Lord Jesus. He said it's... It's written that his, he'll give his angels charge over you to bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Quoting Psalm 91 to Jesus. And you think he can't do the same to you? You see, we take too much for granted. We should never go and read the scripture without asking the Lord to help us to understand and to know real truth. The Holy Spirit is the one who guides us into truth. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And then in verse 14 it says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, or the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Doesn't matter if he's got 14 degrees. The natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit without the help of the Holy Spirit. So we always need to pray and ask for His help. Here's a simple but beautiful prayer from the psalm. Psalm 119 and verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. That's a great prayer. Open my eyes. Help me, Lord, to see that I may see wondrous things from your law. When you pray first, then life-changing truth is revealed. And you know what? You see, because we prayed and we asked the Lord and we acknowledged that it was Him, you see, there's no pride involved anymore. You know, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. It's a, it's a cause for pride to a lot of people. But when we humbly ask the Lord to show us things, then it's not look at me, but instead it's the Lord showed me this. The Lord gave me this truth. The Lord helped me understand this. There's always going to be Pharisaical religious people 
who will say to the common believer that you just can't really understand the Bible. And they'll try to intimidate you by using big theological words like exegesis and dispensation and a bunch of other weird words. And they'll, they'll act like that their knowledge empowers them to be able to explain the Scripture to you and you can't ever understand it on your own. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is able to reveal truth to you. It is not a problem for the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the Word of God. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we shouldn't study. I'm not saying that we shouldn't desire to learn more. I'm saying we should. But I'm just saying nobody nobody has, has all truth themselves. And God can speak to you through the Word of God. And so you need to pray and believe and expect that God will reveal truth to you and speak to you. Holy Spirit causes us to understand spiritual truth. So we always want to pray and ask for His help. You know, Jesus tells the parable of the sower, and He he talks about that the seed is the Word of God, and He's talking about different types of hearts. And there's four types of soil or hearts that the Word is scattered on. The first type just never accepted it. The second received it with joy, but it was seed, the seed was quickly lost when things got rough. The third, uh, that heart was, had thorns and the seed was choked out. And then there's the last, the good and noble heart that received the Word of God, cherished it until it brought forth much fruit in their lives. Now, <clears throat> I've actually heard that there's a teaching now that you're one of the four and there's nothing you can do about it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You don't, you're not predestined to be a, a hard path, you know, a, a hard heart that can never receive from God. Now, you might be that. And in fact, here, I just want to tell you that life happens. And sometimes we find our place, ourselves in a place where maybe our heart, our, our heart has gotten kind of hard because of things that have happened to us and hurts and trouble and, and the, just the wear and tear of life. Maybe your heart's gotten kind of hard. Or maybe, you know, we just kind of gotten shallow in our faith and we're just, we just can't handle the rough times, the, the tri- tests and trials that come our way. Maybe Maybe we've gotten a bunch of weeds in our thinking mixed in with the Word of God and it's choking out the truth of the Word in us. What are we going to do about that? I think you can fix that in prayer. I think any of those things, you can go to God and you can pray and the Lord can soften your heart. And the Lord, listen, prayer is how you get deep roots. You, know, you see what I'm saying? And prayer is how you get your thinking. You take that to God and the Lord is well able to get your thinking back right where you can receive truth. But you see, this is why it's so important that we go to God. We don't assume. But instead, we go to the Lord with an open heart, a humble heart, and we ask for His help. How? It's through prayer. That's how we know we're ready to receive the Word. This new year that's upon us, what will determine whether it is a good year, a bad year, or whatever for us each of us personally. 
Does the government determine that? Does the economy determine that? Is it just luck? I mean, some of you are going to be lucky and some of you aren't. Is it just that, well, God arbitrarily chose to bless that person but not that one? And What is it? You know, we like those kind of options sometimes because they take all the responsibility off of us. But here's the kind of the bottom line here. As much of our success or failure is determined by the choices that we make. Not everything, but a lot of the results of our life is determined by the choices that we make. They, they just have consequences. I mean, some of them might seem simple and small, but they end up having big consequences. You know, the choice to believe God or just do the best you can on your own. That's a choice that's going to have consequences. The choice whether or not to exercise or to go to church or to spend less time watching TV. I'm just telling you, all of these choices are going to have consequences in your life, some big, some small. I mean, the choice that we make every day to pray or not to pray, there's a choice that's going to have big consequences in your life. So here's what I want to say. Prayer prepares us to make the right choices. So important. Usually when people make bad choices, they didn't really pray about it sincerely. I mean, sometimes, have you ever been there where you prayed about something, but you kind of already made up your mind? But if we really pray about it sincerely, I believe the Lord can speak to us. He can lead and guide us and show us the right thing to do in that particular situation. You know, but we need to pray. The Lord has never promised in his word that he would bless our mess, that he would just bless whatever we wanted. You know, just bless my will, Lord. It's not like that. He blesses when we do his will. Jesus taught us to pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we see his example in the garden where he says, your will, not my will. You see, it's never about just what I want. But it's when we are praying for the will of God and we want His, be- His will, that's always best. Now, before you decide, pray. Jesus, the Son of God, was led by the Spirit. He knew what was in the heart of man. Couldn't He just make decisions on the fly? Well, that's not how He did things. Luke 6, 12 and 13, it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God. Why? And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Before he chose the 12, this is the son of God. Before he chose the 12, He prayed all night. He didn't just say, I got this, you, 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 you. He prayed all night. I'm thinking, how did he end up with that Judas guy then? Because he wasn't doing what he wanted. He wasn't praying what he wanted. He was praying for the will of the Father. And it had to be in order to fulfill 
God's plan to redeem you and me. It was all part of the plan. But you see, sometimes we just pray for things to be the way we want them to be. But God works it all together for our good. Even that Judas guy, that worked together for our good. We understand that, right? He was a part of the prophecy and the plan of God and what God had in mind to do. But I'm just telling you, I want you to focus on this, though, that Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, he prayed all night before he chose the 12. Why do we not think it's important to pray about a decision? Listen, before you make a big purchase, you need to pray about it. You say, oh, no, it's a really good deal. Go home and pray about it. Don't get caught up in emotion. Pray before you go out with someone. I'm not looking at y'all. Or some of you either. You say, oh no. They're so good looking and they go to church. What else do I need? You need to pray about it. You need to pray. I hope that you got a little bit higher bar than they're good looking and go to church. Good grief. I want to tell you the devil shows up at church sometime as an angel of light. He might be good looking or she. Pray about it. You need to pray. Why, why do people make decisions without praying? I'm telling you, it is an amazing opportunity to allow God into that part of your life to help you make the right choices. Because how's that going to be in your life this year? What's going to make it a good year versus a bad year? So much of it comes down to your choices. And God is well able to help you with your choices to make the right choices. I've talked about this before, but I just, I got to share this. I remember when I was young as a youth pastor, uh, there was this time when uh, small groups were kind of the thing. Some of you might remember this time, they called them care groups. And um, I, I tried to do that with my youth group. And I got me some real spiritual people in the church, older uh, saints that, you know, taught, Sunday adult Sunday school classes and board members. I got some of these people. Yeah, they're spiritual people. I just kind of picked out these spiritual people. But they didn't share the vision that we had for our youth group, and they weren't really a part of all of that. They didn't understand it. And to be honest, I didn't really seek the Lord about that. Just kind of did it. And it ended up causing a lot of trouble in our youth group. And we just, we lost a lot of kids. And we just had to rebuild. And a lot of those kids got out of church. And I think some of them are still out of church to this day. And I'm just telling you, it's so important that whatever we do, we need to pray about it. Don't just assume, but really pray and seek the Lord. Don't just go by what you see in the natural. Proverbs 14, 12, very applicable tonight to this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. See, when you got to make a decision, nothing takes the place of prayer. Some years later, a little older, a little wiser, I was pastoring a church in Oklahoma, and I was cleaning the church one day, and this man stopped by, and he talked to me for a few minutes, and 
and he said um, he wanted to come and speak at my church. And, and uh, I said, well, I said, uh, in, in all sincerity, I, I didn't feel good ab about, about it, but I, in sincerity, I said to the man, I said, I'll pray about that. And he said, no, you don't need to pray about it. He said, I've already prayed. I smiled and said, I'll pray about that. And I did. It was a short prayer because I knew in my spirit already what the answer was. But I'm just wanting to say to you, don't let anybody talk you out of taking time to pray about a decision that you have to make. Oh, it's so, so important that we pray. I mean, what if Samson would have prayed about going out with that Delilah chick? Do you realize how much heartache it would have saved him? I mean, this man was so gifted by God and used mightily, but it, was, it seems that it was cut short all because of this bad choice that he made. What a different year he would have had if he would have prayed. One of the things that's really remarkable to me about King David is that even though he was such a mighty warrior and won so many great victories, he didn't assume that it was God's will for him to go after an enemy and attack them. He didn't just say, hey, you know, we've done it before. We've done it so many times. Let's go. Instead, he prayed. Let me give you a couple of examples of that. In 1 Samuel 30 and 8, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. Without fail, recover all. 2 Samuel 5, 19, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. He prays about these things over and over. And I'm just giving you a couple of examples. There's actually several more, but I just want you to make this application, though. You see, sometimes, whether it's in business or in family dealings or in ministry, we kind of get in a pattern where we're like, you know, this is the way I do it, and this is the way I've always done it, and this works for me, and we don't even bother to pray about it anymore. Pray. Don't take things for granted. Don't assume, but go to the Lord. I mean, why do I need to ask? He did it this way last time. That is one of the weirdest things in church culture today is we think that God, if God did it this way one time, he always does it that way. Read the Bible because what I see over and over and over is that God's always got a new way. You just can't put him in a box and for me personally, I'll just tell you that more times than not, he does it a different way than what I thought. You got to pray. 2 Samuel 5, through 25. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. He said, he said, the Lord said, you shall not go up circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, and the Lord did so. 
did what he said. You see, this time the Lord said, no, you're going to do it this way. You're going to go around. I'm just telling you, we got to pray with an open and sincere heart and hear from the Lord and not just assume things, but pray about every choice that we have to make. Now, you know, I know maybe you don't have to pray about if you're going to Taco Bell or Taco Casa. That should be a clear choice. Just saying. But You know, with a new year, there's always lots of new opportunities. And, but prayer is the best way to prepare for new endeavors. Prayer is the best way to set new goals and the best way to pursue those goals. So before you start something, pray. Isaiah 43, 19, the Lord says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Isn't it amazing how that sometimes people are just clueless about what God wants to do? I think the reason is, is that we skip the prayer. How are you going to know what the, that new thing, how are you going to know what that is? Prayer. Always pray. Be dependent always on the Lord. You know, prayer is really the proof in our life. And I'm talking about sincere prayer, not phony and religious, but sincere prayer is really the proof in our life that we are relying upon God. That's why we're praying. We're relying upon Him. We're looking to Him. I want to remind you of the story of Nehemiah who went and rebuilt the walls of the city of Jerusalem. Um, the city of Jerusalem was in such distress because the walls were torn down that left the city unprotected where vandals uh, could come in freely and rob and the people couldn't prosper. They couldn't live good lives until the walls were rebuilt again. And Nehemiah 1 and 4, it says, So it was, this is Nehemiah, when I heard th these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. Now, I want you to take note of this, that Nehemiah, when he heard how terrible things were, he didn't just say, hey, we got to go. We got to go do something right now. No, he sat down and he mourned. And he says, as I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know what? We're supposed to be co-laborers together with God. But too often, we just end up trying to do it on our own. We need to remember that what Jesus said, apart from him, we can do nothing. So we always pray first. It's through prayer that we are prepared to do what God wants us to do. I mean, it's through prayer that you know what God wants you to do. It's also through prayer that you know how God wants you to do it. And it's through prayer that you get God's help to do it. Because if God's in it, there's going to be some faith required where you need his help. How do you start a business? Prayer. Start dating? Prayer. Start a marriage? Prayer. Start raising children? Prayer. Start a ministry? Prayer. Start a plan? Reach a goal? Prayer. Prayer's the key. Prayer gives us perspective. I mean, it changes the way you look at things because with God, all things are possible. 
So Nehemiah prays for four months, and then he takes action. Four months, he prays. And once he goes to Jerusalem, it takes him 52 days to rebuild the walls. This was considered to be an impossible task. Nobody thought that it would happen. But get this, he prayed four months. Then it was done in 52 days. He had help. Yeah, he had a lot of people that worked. But what I'm talking about was the help that came from him praying. By the way, God does not help those who help themselves. I know some of your mamas told you that was in the Bible, but it's not. God helps those who pray. We are co-laborers with God, and yet we have to pray to be co-laborers with God. We have to prepare through prayer for whatever God wants to do in and through our lives. Think about this. Nehemiah was a servant. He was a slave, the cupbearer to the Babylonian king. And when he prayed, after he prayed, he goes to the king and he tells him what he wants to do. And the king gives him everything that he needs and the authority to get it done. Why would he do this? Because the God we serve is able to turn the king's heart. He is able to set things in motion. He is able to do things that are absolutely impossible for us to accomplish on our own. Why would we try to do anything without praying first? You know, so often Jesus pulled away from the people, from the needs, from ministry in order to pray. You can't minister to people if you haven't prayed. Well, you can, but you shouldn't. You'll do more harm than good because apart from Him, you can do nothing. And I always clarify, you can do a whole lot of things without Jesus but you can't do anything fruitful without Jesus because when it comes to bearing fruit, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So prayer prepares us for ministry. Real ministry is about changed lives. And I want to tell you when a life is truly changed, that's a miraculous thing that can't happen without God's help. That's, that's life-changing power. And there's always battles in ministry. There are things that God wants us to do, but they won't happen without prayer. You know, when it comes to battles, you know, we're dealing with the forces of darkness. And there's a man that brings his child to Jesus. And he says, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't help him. And Jesus quickly cast the demon out of this boy and then I want you to see, it's Matthew 17. I want you to see verses 19 through 21. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Very clear question. Very clear answer. Don't get confused about this. So Jesus said to them, 
because of your unbelief. That's it. Why could we not cast it out? Because of your unbelief. Don't get confused. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move here to there and it would move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except for by prayer and fasting. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand. Jesus didn't change his answer from one sentence to the next. This is two sentences. He didn't change his, he's not conflicted here. He's not confused. So don't be conflicted or confused. When Jesus says this kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting, why couldn't we cast it out? Because of your unbelief. The prayer and fasting has everything to do with your faith. When you pray and fast, oh, we don't like to hear that word. But when you pray and fast, your flesh is brought under subjection and your spirit, it gets stronger. Your faith rises to a new level. You're much more in tune with the things of the spirit. Jesus didn't have a time of prayer and fasting. Oh, this, this boy needs help. I'm going to have to have a time of prayer and fasting. He was prayed up. He, was, he had already fasted. He was ready for that opportunity to minister. And I'm just telling you that we need to realize in this spiritual battle that we're in, especially when it comes to ministry, we have to be prepared. We got to be prayed up and ready. And yes, I encourage you to add some fasting in your prayer life, especially as we head into this new year. Make that a part of your prayer time in your, your devotional time as well, that you have a time of fasting, get your flesh under subjection. Your flesh doesn't even like to hear that. Some of you want me to just wrap this message up, so I'm gonna. Whatever you would do for the Lord, I'm telling you, you gotta prepare through prayer. Even if it's something that you're called to do, I learned over and over, whether I preach, teach, counsel, sing, witness, lead, organize, administrate, console, I'm a failure without prayer because I'm doing it on my own. You always need God's help. Are you ready for a new year? Prepare through prayer. You ready to make the right choices? You prepare through prayer. Ready for what God wants to do in and through your life? You prepare through prayer. Are you ready for the battles? You prepare through prayer. That's how you get ready. Stand with me. We're going to pray, and I'm going to let you be dismissed.